Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Friday to you and yours. We made it. The weekend is here. I'm excited. You're excited. It's raining. It's thundering outside here in Nashville. We got a little bad weather, but it's the weekend. And I am so wonderful and so grateful that uh, we made it to the weekend. Hope you had a great week. Hope you enjoyed this week's shows. We're going to end on a very high note on a Friday, and then we'll come back on Saturday with a little small gift for you. But we're going to end on a very high note uh, today. Royce White, Steve Kim will be here. Uh, we're going to talk about some NBA stuff, and, and, and NBA stuff in a very, very unique and different way. I, I'm going to explain to you how stuff going on in the NBA connects to everything that's going on in America and in the world right now. It's going to be a fantastic show. Uh, Royce and Steve are the perfect guys to talk it over with. Uh, before I get rolling, I want you guys right now to start hitting that like button. Start slamming that like button. Start killing it. Tell all your friends, anybody that you see them joining in the chat, make sure they hit the likes. I'll be in the comments. Make sure you leave a comment for this show. We need 4,000 likes for this show. Although, you know what? This show is actually going to be worth 6,000 likes. I'm, I'm being dead serious. It's going to be that good. It's going to be the best show of the week. Hit those likes. If you're listening over Apple, hit that five-star review. Write a little review. We need to fight the algorithm and push out this show, particularly today's show tonight's show. We need to push it out to as many people as possible, as possible because hopefully it'll open some eyes and change some minds the way we unpack this topic today. I'm telling I can't overhype how good this show is going to be. You know what you guys haven't commented on all week that I need you to comment on? Could we pan over to, no one has said a word about uh, Booker T. Washington replacing uh, Martin Luther King in my background. Is there any way we can pan over and see and see that? No one said a word. Have y'all caught that this week? That, you know, we got, we, we replaced Martin Luther King with Booker T. Washington? What do you think? Remember we had to cut, Virgil came on and we had that long conversation about Dr. King and him not being doctrinally sound, and I said, you know what? We may have to go with Booker T. Washington in the background, and we've done that. So uh, leave a comment, what do you think? Am I wrong for flipping over to Booker T. Washington? We're gonna stick with it, I like it. I actually kind of love it. It's not that I'm anti-Dr. King, but you know, I am a Booker T. Washington fan. Uh, so anyway, leave a comment about that. Uh, leave a comment about this week's show. Leave a comment about anything, but hit the likes, leave a comment, hit the subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe, let's fight the algorithm, be a good fearless soldier. Uh, I also want to tell you guys about, you know, this week I've heard a lot of comments about how good I look, and I got to give Nugenics part of the uh, credit. 
guys feel like it's harder to get in shape and stay in shape, our sponsor, Nugenix Total Tea, is offering a complimentary bottle when you text 231231 and enter the keyword fearless. Getting older is a big adjustment. It gets hard to stay healthy. It gets much easier to get an early 2010 gluttonous Whitlock body. And that energy from your younger days just fades away. Well, <laughs> Jason Thinlock is here to tell you it's okay. As us men age, our bodies naturally lose free testosterone. I call it the alpha hormone. It happens to every man, so don't worry. However, what if I told you that you can counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone with Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. You heard me bragging earlier this week about doing 2,400 steps. Uh, in like 32 minutes on my Stairmaster. That's because I'm, I'm full of testosterone. I got that booster from Nugenics Total Tea, and it's helping me work out even better. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior that I am. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text FEARLESS to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text FEARLESS to 231231. That's FEARLESS to 231231. Texting enrolls you in reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. You want to look as good as me? Or better than me? Most of you guys can look better than me. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. <clears throat> Let me start this fire. And then we're going to bring Royce White in to fan these flames. Royce is the perfect person to help me fan these flames today because literally when I was writing this mono, I was thinking of Royce White and how he could help me with this conversation. All right, Draymond Green and Kendrick Perkins don't know it, but they are the first openly MAGA basketball players. LeBron James is still in the closet, but he will join Green and Perkins as an America First Hooper when Bronny James is toiling in a faraway basketball league in some foreign country. MAGA NBA players are annoyed that foreigners are overtaking a league black American players once dominated without a rival. With Serbian basketball star Nikolai Jokic on his way to his third straight MVP trophy, that is no longer true, which is making players publicly grumble Let's listen to Draymond Green talk to Gilbert Arenas on Draymond's podcast as he grumbles about grumbles about Nikolai Jokic and foreign players. Why does European players not get the same flack 
for winning championships or not than U.S. American-born guys. For instance, I saw a list today Stephen A. put out, and like it was like the players with under the most pressure to win a championship. I think James Hart was one, CP was two. Jason Tatum was three. Joker was four. Joker has two Jason. MVPs. Joker has two MVPs. More than likely about to be a third MVP. Mm-hmm. And he's older than JT. Mm-hmm. Why is it that he's fourth, but JT's third? And and Luca wasn't even on the list, right? Like mm-hmm. just now you obviously Luca's a little younger than JT, but mm-hmm. I feel like over the years, European players has not had the same, um, caught the same flat of winning a championship as U.S. players, and I don't understand that. And I wanted to know if you feel the same way about that. <laughs> it's really a knock, to be honest. Hmm. Do they ex- do they think that they're even capable? of winning it by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they hold them to the greatness of what they hold the American players to, Mm -hmm. right? So when you have a Luka, when you have a Jokic, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, they're good. European players are coming over, they're dominating, but do we hold them to the same standard? So it's like they Mm -hmm. get a free, they they get a free, easy pass. Mm-hmm. Right, they get a free easy pass versus you know someone you know you 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 know me you you know, you know the, what I'm about. Um, it's the um, might be the color of the skin a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the got to remember the, the the American white boy is gone. Mm-hmm. They adapted the the black side of the game. Right, mm-hmm. they 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 adopted the the athletic part of the game, so they don't have the same fundamentals that they used to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you name when 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 you when I see oh the the, the white players and then you put Luke in there like that's European. Stop. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. try that. I'm yeah. on to you. That, that's a good <laughs> you, know? you can't say, you know, he's competing with Larry Bird. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's Hayward, that's Caruso, you know, that's that group. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You know? you know, so I think, you know, they're trying to find a way to ease the Europeans in to to make it a broader game. And I don't think they want to really give them that that umph yet um mm-hmm. but we're mentally built for it right now you know it, it the, the jury is still out on the europeans you know i mean you know we we, we see luca amazing dirt amazing pasia amazing amazing the ones that came over have been amazing mm-hmm. right um but they, they need to start understanding that there's a lot from everywhere. There's a lot now. I mean, you can really put an all-star game together, the 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 overseas versus the American. Yeah. They can absolutely you can really, you can really do that now. You know yes, what I mean? You because can. you know, you'd be surprised who's from <laughs> who's not American. Lot said there. A lot to unpack. And not going to do it all right here, but we'll get into it with Royce. But one of the things you pick up on there is like Gilbert Arenas wants to put the white European players in a different category than Larry Bird because, again, 
our mindset is so corrupted, we have a special level of animus towards white Americans. Whereas like, or these Luca and those guys, you know, they're in a different category and they're not really white. And so we don't have to hate them as much. We don't have to compete against them as much. And they're in a little special category. But, but, but just more than anything, you just gotta look into the minds of what these NBA players really think. They're bothered by these foreign players coming over and dominating the league. And, and Kendrick Perkins goes on first take and piggybacks off of Draymond Green's comments to kind of come out of the closet with some Nikolai Jokic hate. Let's watch Kendrick Perkins. When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990, it's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who were they? Steve Nash, Jokic, and uh, Dirk Nowinski. No. Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> what, do the, what do those guys have in common? I'll let, you sit, I'll let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. Maybe they can all say Nowitzki like everybody else and they won't call him Nowinski. Maybe that's what they have in common, but we know what Kendrick Perkins is doing here. He's playing the very popular race card. It's the American Express of Twitter and he's playing it. He's insinuating that voters favored Nash, Jokic, and Nowitzki because of their white skin. Perkins thinks he's in alignment with Black Lives Matter. The former Celtic center believes Philadelphia center Joel Embiid should be the favorite to win the MVP this season. Perkins does not know what he does not know. That's a lot of young people. Black American basketball players are losing their grip on the NBA because the league has gone global. In another 10 years, a marginal American big man like Kendrick Perkins would never put together a 15 season, $57 million NBA career. He would be out of the league in less than five seasons, pushed out by a more talented foreign born player. The ton of animus and jealousy directed at Jokic at the moment. Perkins accused the Denver center of uh, stat padding. Jokic is averaging a triple-double this season, 24 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. It's an incredible feat for a six foot 11 post player. Previously, only super athletic guards, Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook have averaged a triple-double for an entire season. But the whining about the MVP race goes much deeper than the Joker. Here's my list of the top eight MVP candidates for this season. Jokic is number one. Giannis Antetokounmpo is number two. Joel Embiid is number three. Luka Doncic, four. Jason Tatum, five. Ja Morant. Shea Alexander, I can't say his middle name. Shea Alexander from Oklahoma City is seven, and uh, DeMontis Sabonis is number eight. Plays for the Sacramento Kings. He's Arvidas Sabonis' uh, son. Six of those eight players did not grow up on American soil. Jokic, he's from Serbia. Giannis is a Nigerian raised in Greece. Embiid is from Cameroon. Doncic is uh, from Slavia. He's a Slovenian. Alexander was born and raised in Canada. And as I said, Sabonis, a Lithuanian, he's the son of former NBA player Arvidas Sabonis. 
He was born in Portland, Oregon, but grew up in Spain when Arvidas took his entire family back to Spain for his growing up years. Just two of the NBA's top players this season are American raised. Everybody else raised someplace else. The NBA's open borders policy works just the same as Joe Biden's. The people getting squeezed first are black Americans. Green and Perkins are too uninformed and too reliant on social media for information to realize what's really going on in the NBA. American labor is being outsourced to foreigners in the name of globalism and a new world order. They're so blinded by racial idolatry and left-wing identity politics that they'd rather have their American-born children and grandchildren compete against the entire planet for American jobs than compete against white Americans. They believe they will accrue enough wealth to protect their seeds from the harsh reality of globalism. What about working-class Americans? What happens to them? What happens to people like my parents? People who elevated and provided for their offsprings with manufacturing jobs that have been shipped to China and Mexico. Open borders and globalism weaken the working class and devalue American citizenship. All the illegals crossing our southern border undermine the power and influence of American citizens and their vote. By the time Draymond Green and Kendrick Perkins fully grasp what's happening in the NBA, it will be far too late to course correct. It's no different from the deal black Americans struck with Lyndon Johnson, the Democratic political party in the 1960s. We exchanged fathers for welfare checks, belief in God for belief in government, and the patriarchy for the matriarchy. With no family structure for support, we pivoted from fighting for equal opportunity to demanding set-asides, quotas, charity, and equal outcomes. We don't fight like men, we whine like women and children. Every outcome we don't like is racist! So of course, Jokic's MVP 3P, it's racist! What else could it be? No way the growing foreign dominance of the NBA is a reflection of the weakness of black America's matriarchal culture. Yeah, let's continue to bury our heads and pretend there are no negative ramifications from our collective abandonment of God's natural order. Let's blame racism. Let's continue to demonize the only country any of us want to live in. Let's keep pretending Donald Trump is the root of all evil and that Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and Michelle Obama can save us. Let's keep following the tall, useful idiots who can shoot a basketball. Brittany Griner, Draymond Green, 2024. That's the ticket. That's my fire starter. Uh, Royce White, <clears throat> help me out here. Uh, you're a basketball player. You know this better than I do. Our, our, our American NBA players, black American NBA players, are they becoming more and more jealous of these foreign-born players and their dominance of the NBA? Yes, I, I would say yes. But but let, let me let me start with this, if I can. 
Um, I, I love the comparison you draw, and I think it's it's very hard for me to watch a bunch of my fellow athletes and basketball players try to intellectualize their their NBA career in general. I mean, it's just really hard to mix the two. You have a completely social Darwinist sort of arena in professional sports, and, and by in large part, that's basically what it is, is social Darwinism. Uh, and, and then you have this sort of intellectual fear that incorporates spirit and history and all these other things that many of these guys have no no real clue about. Um, and, and I don't want to denigrate Draymond. We came through the draft process together. We're the same age. And, and if somebody was going to come over to the MAGA side who isn't here now, we'll accept Draymond Green. We're not taking the sellout. Kendrick Perkins, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of the draft class over here on, on this side. Um, you know, globalism, to, to give a, a basic definition, globalism is the socioeconomic and political attack on a nation and its citizens and the value of their citizenship um, by way of policy and culture war. And, and the goal is to crush a nation's borders, um, both physically, physically crush their borders, but also culturally and, and spiritually. Um, and I think these NBA players have no clue. Uh, the the global ambitions of the NBA and its and its uh, overlords, the Nikes of the world, the the the, the you know the late David Stearns of the world, um, the Pfizer's of the world, all of the people who are the corporate sponsors and and this sort of global corporatocracy, they have no clue uh, the the implications of it for themselves, let alone the 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 common man or the common woman in America, and specifically black common men and women in America. As far as the basketball goes, you know. The basketball is look. Jokic is is being is able to do what he's able to do. In my opinion, because the game has gravitated towards a more European game, and that's not necessarily a good thing. So you have a duality here, right? Like, I would not argue that the softness of the of today's NBA game, the the lack of grit which is gravitating towards a more European game, is a, a sign of good things to come. It's a sign of a way to sort of uh, create a superficial, more uh, offense-friendly game, uh, which is kind of corny in my opinion. And I understand why players like Draymond and even Kendrick, who's a sellout, would uh, would have an, an animosity towards the, the softening of the game to, to prefer a European style. Um, but the analytics are what really are driving Jokic's success. Not that he doesn't have the skill. Now understand, versatile, skilled, I appreciate that. He's a player more of my own uh, style of play, uh, being able to do multiple things on the court. Um, he's obviously a very, very gifted passer. I don't think anybody can take that away from him. Assists at that level are a stat that, you know, nobody's cheating to, to give him that success. He sees the things before they happen, and that's a skill that that is uh, just rare by by any generation standards. Um but the analytics, the, the culture of analytics are, are in large part contributing to Jokic's success. And the culture of analytics in basketball mean to do what globalism and corporatocracy mean to do writ large. Let's take the materialism, right? Let's take the materialism and disconnect it from the spirit. There's a spirit to the game. It's a spirit that Draymond Green plays with. And what Draymond Green is saying, hey, I'm a dog. I play hard. I go after it. I get after it. I show passion. But somehow Jokic just kind of hangs out and he plays with this real lackadaisical uh, nature and he gets three MVPs and he doesn't even have to win a championship. I get the argument. He doesn't see the he doesn't see the predator at his doorstep when it comes to the greater political uh, uh, issue. 
And and literally, I, I want to stay there and hammer because I'm hoping I'm not counting on any of these guys to read anything that I write. I, I'm hoping that this conversation somehow gets in front of them to to try to wake them up yeah. to to the reality that they've adopted a mindset that is actually undermining their own success and the the, the path that they took to get where they're at is the, the, those paths are being destroyed. And, and, and that, that's why I'm like, they, they've convinced you that Donald Trump and anybody with an America first and the globalism is gonna be the greatest thing in the world. No, it's not. Just go look at the NBA and go look at who's dominating the NBA. Go look at who's getting displaced in the NBA. And these guys are frustrated by it. And it's all an example of what's going on in America with this open border we have down at the, our southern border and, and, and all of our, this whole global citizen BS. You're us. We're going to be we're all getting replaced. This isn't a black white, but we're going to be the first out. It, we're gonna be, you, they can sit there and say, well, look, the white man, the American white man got ran out of the NBA. But trust me, that dude got all kinds of options because one, <laughs> he he's still in his books and you go look at his academic stuff. He's qualified to do other things. Draymond can't even conjugate subjects and verbs. I mean, Draymond's not going to transition from the basketball court to being a doctor, an English teacher, or anything else. But I just want to hammer and, and let me step away and just for, maybe because they'll listen to you better than they will me, it, just hammer, double down, further elaborate on yeah, how what's going on in the NBA is what's going on in American culture. Of, of course. Um, but, but first, you know, Kendrick and I had an exchange. I just want to preface this because I, I think this this background context adds adds clarity to, to who these two individuals are. And I, I think that's important. They represent two different sort of NBA player uh, profiles and motifs from a political and cultural standpoint. Kendrick Perkins is out there, you know, trying to get a TV con. He's trying to stay on TV. He'll say anything he needs to to stay on TV. Draymond Green is more genuinely, genuinely walking a path of trying to find his bearings uh, as a young man in in this in this world, I mean, we all are, but but Kendrick has made a clear concession that I'm going to say whatever I need to say to stay stay on TV and stay in the wheelhouse. Draymond shows in his action that he's willing to completely uh, uh, completely uh, you know eject himself from the corporate wheelhouse by all standards. You know, he'll just go nuclear, and and I kind of respect and appreciate that to a degree because we all need some of that. Um, you know, me and Kendrick got into this altercation once on on uh, Twitter when I criticized LeBron James for not speaking on Carmelo Anthony being blackballed behind the scenes by people like Daryl Morey, who introduced the NBA to NBA China through Yao Ming and has been the forefather of the analytics movement through the MIT Sloan Analytics Conference that he that he founded. Him and people like Bill Simmons and Adam Silver and all these, you know, MIT uh, Ivy League tech guys who have taken over the NBA. Um, and in that example, you see a 
an alliance between the new technocracy, the NBA and China, I, Nike. It's all right there for them to see. Uh, they're taking checks, so it's kind of blinding them at the moment. But I got into it with, with Kendrick because he said, you know, uh, you know, this kid's veins are popping out of his neck when he's talking about Carmelo Anthony. He must be on drugs. I've never been a person who does drugs. And and when you make that kind of accusation about somebody, especially another black man, it says something about who you are. So I told Kendrick when I see him, I'm going to slap the taste out of his mouth because I'm just a little, you know, I'm a little controversial like that. Um, and, and I haven't seen him yet, but but I, I can't wait to. Um, I, I, I will say this. To elaborate, um, Here's what what NBA players fail to realize. There is um, there is a separation of the game at a grassroots level in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our communities. When our coach is leaving the gym open at the rec center, uh, and and our mom is working a, a second job to 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 uh, make ends meet and pay the rent with her tips or or whatever the case may be, probably doesn't even have health insurance. Chances are, and so on and so forth. There's a separation between what we do at the grassroots level and what our corporate masters have planned for us down the road, and and we're not and and we are intentionally kept from seeing that 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 separation. We systemically. Like if there's a real claim around systemic racism, which you're alluding to, it's not that the racism doesn't exist. It's that the racism has been masked and transformed and modified to walk in the shadow and walk in your blind spots. And and Draymond is always kind of uh, in, in, inclinating towards it. He's saying, ah, something's wrong here. And Kendrick Perkins is even saying something's wrong here. But culturally, they've been conditioned to not go to the point of what's actually wrong. And, and I see, I mean, I see, I saw it from day one in the NBA when I said mental health is the greatest social issue we face. We, we are working for an institution that is going to use psychological science, science, authoritative expert scientific opinion. They're going to use it to bolster addiction. And they're going to put you out front as the poster child. And then you'll be sitting there in the 13th year of your career looking around going, uh, how did I get in this place where none of this stuff adds up? Doesn't add up because you can't make deals with Satan. And none of them are able or willing to reject Satan to speak real truth to power. What they want to do is get get their ideological rocks off, you know, that, that sort of root impulse to tell the truth. They want to get those rocks off by picking these little pigeonhole issues, right? I mean, who really cares if, if, if the white players or the European players are getting better than y'all, they're better. I mean, at a skill level, Dirk was better skill pound for pound than a lot of players. He just was. His game was versatile. He was a seven foot one knockdown shooter and he had all the mid range you could possibly, you know, who, who really cares if, if, if that, you know, it, uh, you know, you, if, if we have a problem with it, we got to do one of two things. We got to beat them to the punch or we got to reorient our whole perspective towards what's important to us as black people in this country. And I don't think we're ready to do that. And I certainly don't see Draymond Green or Kendrick Perkins leading a charge that's willing to do that. They want to say, ah, feel bad for us because the white player is going to get MVP again. And now look, again, and it's totally disconnected is Michael Jordan won one or two MVPs. I mean, the Michael Jordan should have had six MVPs. So again, I get what they're saying. 
But what they don't Michael see, Jordan got six MVPs. You're talking about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. You said, I'm, I'm sorry. You said yeah. Jordan. You Co- meant Kobe. Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant Kobe Bryant. Right. Kobe Bryant won two MVPs. He probably should have won four one. at least. He won one. Yeah, he okay. Won one. He should have he won four at least. Okay. Uh, I think he was close in the running in the second one one year, but he ended up not winning it. None of that stuff is even important to, you know, to me, in, in, in all honesty. If we're going to try and bring race or history or sociology or anthropology or culture into the conversation, let's just go right to the heart of the matter, Draymond. Let's talk about China. I don't want to hear these black folks talking about human rights or racism instead of in, and steadily skipping over their pay master or their overlord there in Beijing. I don't want to hear it. I don't care if you're upset that the white players don't have the pressures of winning a championship and, oh, my goodness, this is so unfair. It's just lukewarm, watered-down politics. Don't even mix the two. Go out there and beat Jokic and prove who you are athletically. Don't bring the politics into it. It's not, it's not real. It's not real. I hear what you're saying. Unless you really want to go there, don't bring it in. Don't even don't nibble around the edges if yeah. you don't really want to talk about it. And I I think one of the things you said here that I think was most powerful and connected most with me is the game has gone more international, and so we shouldn't be surprised that Jokic is dominating a style of play that he grew up playing and these other guys grew up playing. And that, that, that again goes to, like, th- they, they change the rules and the style of play in a way. And, every, oh, this is easier. It's less physical. It's, oh, I like this better. But you don't realize that they've made these rule changes to actually displace you. A hundred percent. And the next generation 100%. of you won't fit this style of play and so, you know, not that I think Bronny James is a surefire NBA player, but in the style in which it's going, he's going to be competing against all these global players who play that style of game. They, we just don't They keep manipulating the rules, and we're always 10 to 20 to 100 steps behind. And, and, and we, we, when you don't take pride in America... That's what allows, and uh, here I went with the word pride, and I've been trying to stay away from it. But when you don't do that, when you don't take satisfaction, don't understand, hey, this is a set of rules, and this is a country that has worked for me. When you don't understand that, you let people change the rules on you and figure out they're not doing it for your benefit. Right. This isn't going to work for you. The, the way we did things in America worked for you. And that's why we became, we dominated the NBA. And now they've done manipulating, changed all the rules. And guess what? Jokic is going to win three straight MVPs. I, I came up with some, I showed something where since Allen Iverson won the MVP in 2001, Tim Duncan, who grew up in the U.S. Virgin Islands, not in traditional American culture, he won the MVP twice. Steve Nash very, won it twice. Very he European, grew up in Canada. Very, very European style game, Tim Duncan. Very European style Dirk game. Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki won it once. Giannis Antetokounmpo has won it twice. And now Jokic is going to win it a third time. And so it's going to be like 10 of the last 22 MVPs come from this European style of play. How did we go from Iverson? Yeah. To 
all these international guys winning the MVP. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. It's wait, wait a second. Wait, a, let's 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 get even more granular here, okay? Because who votes on the MVP, right? Now let let's let's talk about how the how the voting takes place. If you want to, all of these players are upset about a system that they've all opted into when it comes to even the, the, the vote itself. I mean, who are they actually mad at? If, if Draymond Green is going to say that there is a spirit to the game that doesn't show up in the stat box and that spirit of the game is overlooked by the people who grade or judge or vote on MVP, that includes many of his sellout comrades. Many, all of them participate in the narrative and the culture that's growing. And so, you know, he's trying to give some pushback and I get that, but, but talk about where it really is. And, and, and so like, I'll give you an example. My, my guy, Jer- Jericho Sims, right? He comes from Minnesota, right? Young fella. I know his family well, know his father, his, his father, my grandfather are great friends. Jericho's one of the most athletic physical specimens you're ever going to see. I mean, kid, he was a kid in the combine putting his chin over the rim. Who along the way didn't teach him to be a guard? Why were his grassroots coaches? Why were his 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 mentors, the people who trained him? Why were they not teaching the young man to be a guard? I had to come across it on my own. I became one of those hybrid point guard center types where I played the one at Iowa State, but I guarded the five. But I did that on my own. Nobody taught me that. Nobody told me to do it. I had to take that individual initiative because if not, I would have been a six, eight tweener like Kendrick Perkins kind of ended up being. Uh, this this is another one of those examples of things that are within our control, greatly within our control. We can broaden and diversify the skill sets of our young black athletes if we choose to, but we're not looking at it close enough. We don't we don't really care about it in that way. You still got plenty of young black men growing up who are the bigger kids. I'm watching at the grassroots level. My my son's playing in sixth grade right now. You got a bunch of young black kids who are big, who are bigger than the other kids now. They're not going to grow to be over six five at best, and they're playing center. And then they get to high school. They can barely play there with with great productivity, let alone college. I mean, these are things that we could address. And if if you really want to look at the the race bait three-card Monty, look at what they're doing with NBA Africa. They're basically saying, I mean, the the NBA Africa move is the most social Darwinian move in professional sports that I've ever seen. They're basically saying, oh, you black, you, you American black players held the day for a long time. Oh, we could go get a better genetic specimen than you. We'll go to the root. You got a bunch of American anti-Jewish elite businessmen doing exactly what the anti-Jewish corporatocracy is doing in partnership and collaboration with China. We're going to go back and recolonize Africa through the CCP. And if we displace a Jericho Sims with a a, a Siakam, because the Siakam's going to have better overall skills because we put... NBA training camps at the grassroots level in NBA Africa program to teach him to play the game at a more versatile European level. Jericho, you're out, buddy. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Lifelong, full of putting work in, you're out. That's it. You, you missed the boat, you know, no pun intended. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, these things are super corrupt. They're dishonest. They're predatory. Um, I just continue to pray and hope that our black people will wake up and, and see the game that's really being played. Royce, thank you. That was awesome. I was thinking about you when I was writing that mono, and that's why.
Appreciate it. All right, uh, make sure you guys are hitting the likes and hitting the comments and leaving the five-star reviews on Apple. Uh, also, don't forget to go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. We need you signing up Monday. Uh, the ticket prices for roll call on April 15th are going to escalate. You want to buy your tickets now before Monday when we elevate the price for roll call. All right, don't go anywhere, Steve Kim. Next. I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want. Atheist, the secular world, the culture, uses our imperfection, our sins to take, shut up. You, you're, you can't stand on truth. And if all it was was imperfection, it eliminated us from standing on truth, this would be a very quiet place. I'm trying to be as loud as I can and as transparent as I can to try to inspire other men. We know you're imperfect, you know you're imperfect. God's grace and mercy, mercy gives you the right to stand on his truth and to speak that loudly into the culture, we, we have to do that. You can look around and say, these guys have taken over everything. They own the CDC, the NIH, they got the president. Is transgender surgery for children? Colleges today are nothing but leftist indoctrination centers working fully against the Bible. What's the alternative? So you're gonna stop fighting today and you're gonna let the government raise your kids? and you're gonna turn around and let them chop off your 12-year-old daughter's breasts and let them sterilize your son and tell him that he's a girl, and you're gonna let them make the Bible hate speech, you're the last line of defense here because nobody else is gonna do it, and God's gonna walk with you. This is literally worth dying for. Absolutely. I'm telling you, so it's like everybody, it's a nice little metaphor. This is it. If there's a hill to die on, this is it. The Overton window has been moved right in front of our children's bedrooms, and there are all types of people that are trying to climb up in the ladder and every good father should be on his post so that when they peek their head up over the, the window sill, you kick the ladder back down, let them know you, you move on to the other house because we're not playing that around here. Sometimes just standing up, just saying no, we're not going to do that. Not my marriage, not my kids, not my family, not my community, not my church, not my city. Just declaring that, that's victory enough in prepping his disciples, he tells Peter, he's like, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. We're gonna face some ups and downs in life and we're not gonna always get it together. But if we stay on the path, if we stay chasing after, running after Jesus, running after his way, he's even praying for us. Now, I, I like it when you pray for me, Jason and TJ. I appreciate that, but to have Jesus pray for me, that makes me feel pretty good. When you make it through this sifting process, go back and strengthen your brothers. So we all have a responsibility as men. Once he's delivered me through this, I have a responsibility to go back and bring some other folk out. You do a roll call to just let people know you're not alone, be confident in your positions, and we're gonna inspire you. We're gonna eat, fellowship, listen to some music. It's gonna be the first of many roll calls that we do. So we're looking for soldiers. We're gonna put on our best uh, recruiting pitches for soldiers.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's roll out to Los Angeles, bring in uh, the Korean co-sell, Steve Kim. Steve, uh, I've been arguing all day that these NBA players, Kendrick Perkins, Draymond Green, they're jealous of not just the white foreign players, but just foreign players in general overtaking the NBA they're dominating the NBA. Jokic is about to win his third straight MVP uh, title. Giannis won the, the two before that. I, I think this goes beyond jealousy towards Jokic. I think these black American-born players realize like, hey man, we're not top dog anymore and we don't like it, so let's play the race card. Um. I think as it relates to Jokic and specifically that award, yeah, I think you have a point there. But overall, I hate to tell you this, Jason, I don't think they care enough to even be jealous of anybody. As long as those checks clear every two weeks, every other week they get to take two games off on a four-day road trip that takes now two weeks because you can't do back-to-back. I don't think they care enough to actually be jealous. I really don't. Now, I do think symbolically they want to win the MVP. And to have a white foreigner win it not once, not twice, but three times, now that's getting a little bit embarrassing. But I I will push back a little bit, Jason. I still feel as though the large majority of the elite basketball players are still American. I I really do. If you ask people in the world. Of course. Well, then what's the what are we arguing? No one's arguing that. But I, that's my point, look though. At the, is, look at the trend. The biggest right. star in the NBA, in my view, probably right, is Luka Doncic. And Jokic is winning all the awards. And again, I just spelled out, if you look at the top eight candidates for MVP, six of them are foreigners. I don't okay, think but, these guys like that. But Jason, are we talking about popularity or ability? Because I see this in boxing all the time. Some of your best boxers in the world who never get touched, who are incredible inside the ring, but they don't have a great style or they don't cater to a certain demographic, they're not popular. There's a difference between ability and marketability. Sometimes they intersect. Oftentimes they do not. Totally get it. But but, but what, what we're not talking, they know, Draymond and LeBron and Kevin Durant, no, Steph Curry, they know they're the biggest stars. Right. They sell the most jerseys. They, they get all that. But what they're complaining about, hey, we're not getting enough credit. Yeah. I, we're not look, getting this, enough. I'm with you, but some of this, or a lot of this is about staying on code, because that's the most important thing. It's not the truth. It's staying on on code. It's not having integrity. It's not being factual. It's not pointing out things that are obvious. Again, on code. Got to stay on code. And, and for certain guys like Draymond Green and his brand, he's got to stay on code, as does Kendrick Perkins. Now, about Perkins, he's been all over this thing. Um, 
I, I feel as though now, this is my one issue with, with what he's doing. He's allowed to have his opinion. Does not affect me in either way. I don't even care about it. it well, I won't even think about it as soon as this segment is over. However, what he's doing now is not just stating an opinion. It seems to me like he's campaigning. And there's a difference. It's one thing to say, hey, I think player A deserves this Larry O'Brien trophy or whatever they call that award over player B, right? Well, here's the issue. When you hammer it home to this degree and you make it a daily thing, now I'm just wondering, wait a minute, are you stating your case or are you advocating in a way? And then now you're using the whole racial angle and that's where it becomes a little bit, I think a little bit seemly. So because you and I love to talk broadcasting, is, is Kendrick Perkins, is he a good broadcaster? No, no. And I, I think he's trying to make his waves and his bones. He's trying to make his reputation off of this. Kendrick Perkins, to me, seems very rough around the edges. He's never said anything funny. He's never said anything insightful. Now, to be honest, I, I don't watch a lot of that coverage on that network. If it ain't Charles Barkley, it's crap. Remember that old Saturday Night Live? commercial that ain't Scottish it's crap well basically if it's not Charles Barkley I'm not really watching any NBA coverage but what I've seen of Kendrick Perkins he's a beige spot on a beige wall he really is he's never said anything that's completely insightful he's never made me chuckle he's never made me look at this game any other way than I do as a layman so now he sees something that could be very easily exploited right then he could use the wave of emotions, make this a racial issue, and then all of a sudden now, oh, yeah, Kendrick, he gets it. He's one of us for sure. So that, that, that seems to be what he's doing, is exploiting this situation. I, I think there's some truth in that. He's certain, to me, when I hear Kendrick, and, and I work with Kendrick when I was at Fox Sports, personally have some respect for Kendrick, think that mostly he's well-intentioned, I do think he's too much of a LeBron James homer and basically is a mouthpiece for LeBron James. And, and this whole, this is why this, I didn't go into it in my mono, but I know that LeBron James and his group think that these foreign born players are overvalued. There was a reason why LeBron wanted no parts of Andrew Wiggins in Cleveland. You remember that? When he yeah. was leaving Miami and going to Cleveland, he he didn't want Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is from Canada, and they had this whole theory that uh, black players that aren't from America they're soft and they really don't want it as much. And so uh, the Cavaliers, you know, jettisoned uh, Andrew Wiggins, and I think brought in Kevin Love or, or or whatever. But LeBron didn't want to play with Andrew Wiggins, so I know he's part of that mentality. And and I see Kendrick Perkins out here repping that mentality for LeBron James, the whole American-born black players are the greatest. And I know he's hyping Joel Embiid for MVP, but I just think there's an overall disgust, jealousy, envy. The foreign-born players are overrated. It's our league. And, 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 and LeBron may be smart enough to figure out, like, Hey, where this game is going, as Royce just pointed out and talked about, as the NBA comes, becomes more and more an international style of game, 
more and more players like Jokic are going to put up monster numbers and be better players than the American-born players because they fit that international style of play better than American-born players. But I, I, I want to make this point. Do we have the clip where, because I want to go back in on Kendrick Perkins and, and not, when I say go in, I just, as a broadcaster, someone was helping him. If he were serious, if he wasn't playing to the crowd, someone would be coaching him better and wouldn't allow him basically to pander to Twitter the way that he did. Do we have the clip where he talks about Uche Wale? Do, do we have that Uche, Uche Wale versus the mic or, or one mic? I think, do we, do we have, I think we have that clip because it, it, it's in, I mean, maybe he said it in that first, he said it on first take. Is it, is it Uche Wale or is it one mic? And, and Steve, you got all the hip hop references in the world. Did you catch? Do you know yeah. what he's referring to yeah, there? Yeah, the song by One Mike is from Nas. It, <laughs> that's not exactly what you call a club banger. Now, Uchi Wale, I, I think that was from Jay Z. I'm not a big Jay Z fan to be no, honest. No, no, that's from Nas too. That's from is Nas really? too. Jay Z in a song. Right. Jay Z in a song, The Blueprint Two, called out Nas. Yeah for saying he's got two different messages. One moment you're singing Ucha Wale, which is basically a song about getting as many girls as you can. And then the, the next song is One Mike, which is a more responsible song. And so, but, but my problem with all of it as it relates to Kendrick Perkins is like, what percentage of ESPN viewers does he think knows what the hell he's talking about? Well, when hold you on. His assumption is if you're an NBA fan, you probably like hip hop because maybe a large percentage of our audience is black, to be blunt. Maybe really that simple. I mean, if you made a country Western analogy to this, I don't think it would have played with any type of NBA comparison. Let's be honest about that. Oh, oh, oh look, look, look. Now, I follow, I because Nas was dominant and these songs are 20 years old. I was. Hate to admit it, but at that time, you know, I knew all of hip hop and <laughs> knew many of the rappers and, and just knew the music really well. That's 20 years ago. Th these aren't, he ain't talking about rap's greatest hits. He's talking about deep into people's albums. And I'm just sorry. That's not the kind of reference. Hell, I would even feel comfortable making on this show, let alone on ESPN, where you're reaching a much wider women, kids, 70-year-olds, 15-year-olds. I, I don't think you can say, let me go deep off in the Nas library uh, and everybody's going to follow along with me just because well, they're NBA fans. I ain't buying that. I, and, okay, and again, it's one little reference in the blueprint deal, and it, it's pointing out hypocrisy. Basically, it's a reference about hypocrisy, and that's where I'm just like, ESPN, quit all this pandering to Twitter and this little tiny handful of people that will catch that reference just so Kendrick can seem cool. Well, I look, maybe he hasn't listened to rap the past 15 years, and quite frankly, I, I don't blame him. I think it's absolute garbage. That, that is an art form that is completely devolved. But right now, you know what the NBA is, if you want to stick with Nas? Old Nasir Jones. His first album was great. Second album was pretty good. But then his third album, when he had like Hate Me Now with Puffy, it was just forgettable. 
just forgettable. Just some of the worst stuff. That's where the NBA is right now. Seriously, that's basically Nas' third and fourth album before he came back. Really strong was Stillmatic. Now, when he did Stillmatic, he said, okay, now you're back. You did Ether. You did pretty good. You did Lost Tapes. <laughs> but right now, whatever that third and fourth album was of Nas, that's what the NBA is. Just utter garbage. Really, it is. I mean, like, even after all this discussion of the NBP, I will not watch one game. I will not look at the box scores. I don't give a damn. <laughs> it is such a bad product. I don't even know why we are devoting more than one day to this. The players don't care, Jay. We are actually giving more energy to the NBA MVP discussion than the players. And you say, Steve, that's hyperbole. No, it's not. Because if they actually wanted to win the MVP, none of them would load manage. They do not care. They don't. By the way, one last question about this. Is Giannis considered a foreign player? Because isn't he the Greek yes. freak? Or is he a little too? He's Nigerian. He grew up in Greece. Right, so how come he's not in the crossfires here? Is that because he's not in the MVP discussion, or is there another reason? Just wondering, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think you just played the yeah, race card uh, on that yeah, one. Yeah, I just, I just pulled it out there, yeah. <laughs> you just threw off my train of thought, See, Oh, oh, I, I got the other topic I want to I get to you on. But I do, here, here's what I want to say. I want people in the comments to make a ruling here Who's right or wrong is the Kendrick Perkins, Nas, Jay-Z beef. Look, if he had mentioned the ether or something like that, I'd get it. But to, are you Uchiwale or, or one Mike? You know, and he's making a point about hypocrisy. That flew over everybody's head. Admit it. Don't try to act like uh, you were, you know, right there with him and you know every rap reference. I ain't buying it. But anyway, tell me in the comments. Steve, I want to move on to uh, the Toronto Raptors and mm. the apology uh, <laughs> they issued for basically saying women can have babies instead of saying, oh, uh, men and women can have babies in periods. Let, let's, let's play the clip uh, again. And then, Steve, I want your comments. Girls run the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All women are great because they're all queens. All women are great because they're queens. And women run the world because they have babies. And the Toronto Raptors immediately issued an apology and took the video down. Love it, hate it. What, what's your take? I mean, like anyone else with sane, rational thoughts, I hated it. Although I get the sense Mark Lamont Hill must have vehemently disagreed with that PSA. But I think there comes a point in time. Uh, the public, and this is on Toronto, but the NBA is an American league. Um, this is one of the reasons why I have a hard time really getting into sports nowadays. If that's the messaging you're going to push, which is fine, uh, I have a right as a consumer just to ignore it. You know, I mean, I, I saw Hershey came out for Women's History Month or Women's Month. They had, you know, they had someone in there that wasn't a natural woman. And then there was blowback over that. So this is now something that is being pushed in all realms. But for an organization to fold that quickly and be as gutless as they are, you know, maybe in my older age, I'm getting different. You know, 20, 30 years ago, it was all about the games. Now I'm kind of seeing a different picture. I said, God, this is another reason why I'm going to continue to ignore the league and if you are a, let's say someone in Toronto, 
that has season tickets or goes to games with kids. And these tickets are no longer all that affordable. You got the parking, you got the gas, you got the time invested in it. I'm not so sure that if you are so flaccid and weak in your beliefs and you cannot stand up to this very small vocal minority, I'm not so sure in any realm, whether it's sports, entertainment, or my dry cleaners, I don't know if I would want to ever support that business ever again. I'm not there with you, but what I've done now, it's like, I don't watch any pregame shows. Yeah. I just refuse to. I don't want to hear people talk about ancillary issues or run the risk that they'll talk about some ancillary issue that I don't want to hear about. I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, any t- and I watch games with the sound turned down really low so that if they start saying something stupid, I can, it's easier for me just to tune it out. All I want to do is actually see the competition and I'll follow along on social media over Twitter to find out what if I've missed something. But everything else, I just try to tune out. I just want to see them play and, and hear a little bit of the commentary while they're playing, just in case the broadcaster sees something I don't see. But, but for the most part, everything else is a joke to me from the music they play in the arena is a joke to me because the entire time I'm listening to it, it, a lot of it is hip hop. And I'm like, oh, these guys are, are so concerned about black life, but their arenas are filled with rap songs that promote the killing of black life. So it just drives me crazy. I don't want to hear that. I, 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 the, the athletes and their phoniness, the, their social, justice warrior phoniness drives me crazy. And so I just try to limit my access to it. And, and I'm just thinking about the players that taped this PSA. Oh, how, I don't, they, they, for me, they couldn't have put a script in front of me that would have got me to read that, you know, women run the world because of X, Y. They don't believe it. And you know, they're all queens. They don't believe it. They'll be at the strip club tonight talking about their bitches and hoes, and, and they know it. And so I, I just, I don't want to see it. The whole thing frustrates a, me. On a road trip, in a hotel, they, when they have a vast selection of women for that night, none of them are, tr- are going to choose a trans woman. Let's be honest about it. That's the truth. <laughs> to them, that is not a woman. I'll just leave it at that before I get us banned. None, none is a strong knowingly, word. Knowingly, knowingly, knowingly. You're right. I had a little too much. It's drink, still a strong lying. word. It's still oh. a strong word. Okay. It's still All a right. strong. I'm telling you just because these dudes ain't, this is a different generation. They, they, you know what, it's right. it's a completely I've seen, different I've seen, generation. In the way they dress, you're, you, you may be onto something. Some of them may want to drive the stick shift. You are right. I, I will concede that point to you, Whitlock. <laughs> You got me there. You got me down on that one. Steve, I'm going to let you enjoy your weekend. I'm going <laughs> to enjoy mine. <laughs> yes, on that note, enjoy your weekend. I'll enjoy mine. Let's play some tomorrow. And we will see you tomorrow. No negotiation, my sister, no relation. We all just want to have freedom. Sitting on a corner, never been alone. I'm breaking my back. 